where there's no vision, the people perish. This is kind of core to our series, Elevate. Uh, Elevate's about the importance of setting what I believe are God-honoring goals for our lives, seeking uh, God's heart and ending up somewhere on purpose, uh, putting together a life plan, not resolutions, but a life plan in, in 2011. And we've been focusing on different areas each week. Uh, we've looked at finances. Last week uh, we looked at vocation. And uh, if you haven't been here, really encourage you to go to the website and, and get caught up. Uh, but today I want to talk about relationships. And how many of you, and do not raise your hand, okay? Do not raise your hand. But how many of you have at least one relationship that is not where it should be in your life? You see, when it comes to relationships, I believe the potential for intimacy, the potential for, for trust and connection, for a relationship to be all that God created it to be and wants it to be, I believe it's greater than we can imagine in our lives. But I also understand that the potential downside of relationships is equally as great. When you're in a relationship, the opportunity for betrayal, hurt, pain, wounds, it exists. In fact, it looms large. And the fact is, relationships can be difficult. You figured that out? Where there's no vision, the people perish. The Hebrew word for vision is hazon means to, to dream, to have a revelation from God. Where, where there's no dream, where there's no revelation for, for our relationships, where there's no vision for our relationships, I believe relationships easily perish. Every relationship ends up somewhere. But few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. It's kind of a line we have been working with through each each area. I believe the area of relationships is so important that we can't wait to see what happens. You cannot end up somewhere relationally by accident. The, the fact is, if that's how we live, it, it comes with a very, very, very high price tag in our life. And so what I want to do today is help us relationally end up somewhere on purpose. And I'm going to raise a series of questions. And I hope you'll wrestle with these through the next coming weeks. And some of these questions um, are going to be harder than others. But I, I just ask that you prayerfully consider each of these questions as we deal with them. And here's the first question for you. What relationship do you need to be initiating in your life? In other words, when you look at your relational life, you go, there's this void. There's this void in it. Scripture says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to the one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. 
How many of you remember the uh, uh, first alert uh, or alert one commercials? Do you remember those? Help, I've fallen and I... That's what a lot of quarterbacks say when they play the Steelers. But anyway, um, you knew it was coming, right? I mean, sometimes life hits you hard, doesn't it? And woe to the person that falls and they're alone and there's nobody to help. What relationship in your life needs to be initiated? You know, in recent years, um, I, I can tell I'm getting older because I reflect a lot more these days. And I've been thinking about just some of the, the stuff going on in our, in our country. And I really track it back to what I believe is a misunderstanding about what it means to be independent. Because I think we've kind of twisted this one. And it's led to this isolation. In fact, from a very, very young age, we, we uh, teach the, this idea that if you work really, really hard and you study really, really, really hard, that you can find security because you're independent. Okay? Now, do not misunderstand me. I am all for personal responsibility. I believe we should strive for a strong work ethic and personal competency, okay? That's a must. But we have developed this independence mentality that says, I want to do what I want to do. You know, I don't need critique. I do not need your advice. Uh, I, I don't want anybody speaking into my life because why? I'm independent. And then we look and we go, ooh, I made a mess. This is a mess. Somebody fix this. But we're proud of the independence. And here, here's the irony for me. As society has become more and more individualistic, in their approach, we have become anything but independent in our living. Life in isolation, in solo, it's frightening. It's frightening. Woe to the one that is alone and they fall. In fact, I would argue that security, security is found in dependency. It's first found in dependency upon God. And then I would argue dependency upon a a biblical community that supports one another through the good, the bad, and the ugly. that, That I believe we can do so much more together than we can apart. And I become a little bit concerned and a little bit uh, shocked at the fact that there are so many Christ followers today that are doing life in the solo. And I want to tell you today, it's not healthy. And it's not God-honoring. We were created for community. We need each other. What relationship in your life needs to be initiated? I think about when Jesus came to this world. 
and he took those steps to start establishing the the kingdom of God on, on this earth, and he initiated 12 relationships. He, he looked around, he tried to find some people that had kingdom potential. They were ordinary guys. They weren't perfect. They had issues. They had problems. But Jesus invested himself in people. He was very relationally connected. You know, scripture says when morning came, he called his disciples to him and he chose 12 of them. He initiated that. What relationship do you need to initiate in your life? Something I uh, realized as I was thinking on this topic that I think I started at a young age. um, And I've always considered myself pretty independent. And the more I thought about that and started looking at how I've lived life, the more I realized that relationships are core They've always been core. And I think about when I first started working with uh, youth and I was leading some camps and it was like I put together teams. I needed people to do that and I connected with parents and then I remember being an advertisement and I started, it was just natural. I need teams. I need people around me. Got in ministry and... um, some older pastors. Think about John Webb and Dan Spruill and uh, Roger Rominger. They saw something in me. And I remember each of those men coming to me at different points of, in my life. And they said, you know, Damon, I see potential. But you need some help here. And you need a mentor. And I remember uh, Roger saying to me, you know, I want to pour my life into yours. And I want you to pour yours into mine. You game for that. And they became my mentors through the years. Paid huge dividends in my life. And so then as I got older, I've made it a point through my ministry to create those kind of relationships, to initiate, pick up the phone and go, hey, I think you need someone alongside of you. You're interested. Um, Relationships. I know couples in this church, young couples, that uh, just starting out in marriage, and they have decided to build relationships with older couples, seasoned couples. And they're getting their relational cues and their advice on how to navigate, how to do marriage in a, in a godly way. I know parents that help parents, and I'm not talking about misery loves company, Okay although sometimes we do. But I'm talking about parents that build relationships with other parents and they're encouraging one another and they're supporting one another and they're sharing ideas and bottom line, they're just there for one another. You know, for some, uh, it's uh, finding an accountability partner. I know some men in the church that they've got accountability partners that kind of keep them in check uh, just all the way around. I, I know people that... They have taken steps to uh, have accountability partners in very specific areas, whether it's like finances or battling addiction or uh, a spiritual accountability partner, and that it's working for them. Some of you, and I say this all the time, you need to get in a small group. You need to just get in a small group and 
connect so that you've got other Christians alongside of you helping you navigate through this life. And, and I know, as I said, some of you are going, well, I don't really need anybody right now. Well, okay, the day's coming. The day's coming. And you do need someone. I know folks that, you know, maybe God, God wants you to initiate and, and start putting yourself out there. I, you know, um, I talk to people once in a while and they go, you know, I just one of these days want to get married, have a God-honoring marriage. And they haven't talked to the opposite sex for years. And I want to go, okay, take a shower, put on some deodorant and cologne and go, put yourself out there again. Just initiate, you know, take some steps. Ask God, you know, what relationship do you need to initiate? And then, and then do it. Take some steps to do it. That's the first question. Here's the second question. What relationship in your life right now that exists needs to be nurtured? I mean, when, when you think about relationships, what happens or what doesn't happen, maybe is the question, between the two extremes, between we're best friends, we are friends for life, one for all and all for one, we're not talking anymore. I can't stand them. Who cares what's going on? What happened? What happened in there? Or what didn't happen in there between those two extremes? You know, what happens between I'm in love. They're perfect. I'm in love. That's our song. What happened between I'm in love and I'll see you in court. Well, I'll tell you what didn't happen. Nurturing. God gives us special relationships in our life. And if you neglect them, you don't nurture them, things get twisted. We end up somewhere, but do we end up somewhere on purpose, relationally? You know, Cindy and I, something we realized very, very early in our relationship, and, and this is a simple concept, and I challenge you to think about this one, but here it is. Our marriage is as good as I want it to be. Our marriage is as good as as Cindy wants it to be. And here's the deal. If we work at it, if we prayerfully seek God, if we're intentional about guarding and protecting our marriage, if we make it a priority in word and deed, word and deed, if we care for one another, if we're willing to submit to one another and to God, you know what? Our marriage is great. That relationship, can have deep spiritual bonds, really, really way beyond words. You can't even explain it. But friends, I can tell you this. If we neglect our marriage, things can turn quick. Instead of a marriage 
It's more like a heavyweight match from Madison Square Gardens or something, you know? I mean, it can. When you nurture, it's amazing. When you don't nurture, it, it can go south. It's bad. What relationship do you need to nurture? And how do you, how do you nurture that relationship? You know, Paul writes, he says, serve each other with love. How do you nurture a relationship? Well, you serve. Who do you serve? One another. It says, the whole law is made complete in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you go on hurting each other and tearing each other apart, be careful or you will completely destroy each other. Every relationship ends up somewhere, but few relationships end up somewhere on purpose. What relationship needs to be nurtured in your life? Is it your marriage? Do something about it. Do something different. You know, maybe maybe commit yourself to, to praying together. You know, get a, a Christian uh, devotional for couples and, and spend time together talking about it. You know, get together on a, on a daily basis and talk about what's going on in, in your life. Uh, some of you may be at a point where you need help with that. Get a Christian counselor. And start trying to allow them to help you to navigate. Maybe, maybe you need to commit to a date night. I talk about this often. Date night without the kids. So you can connect. You know, maybe you need to commit to romancing one another again. To stop fighting. Quit pointing fingers. Blaming. You know, stop avoiding topics like, oh, they'll go away. And just start talking and communicating and nurturing, serving one another. Because here's what I know. It's amazing what will happen in your relationship if you do that. Maybe, maybe it's a friendship that, that is drifting. And maybe it's time that you become very intentional about seeking time with that friend. Getting together regularly. You know, picking up the phone once a week and giving them a call. Get it on your calendar. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. Uh, my best friend, we, we figured that out a long time ago. If we don't put it on our calendar, if we don't make arrangements, it just doesn't happen. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's your children, son or daughter. Maybe it's your grandkids. Maybe it's your mom or dad. Start working on nurturing those relationships. Make it happen. And just a word of caution, because I know as I'm talking, there there's somebody here that's that's going, well, I've got lots of friends. i got 758 of them on Facebook. <laughs> and that's fine. But do you have real friends? Do you have someone that will lay it down for you? That's kind of how I decide who's friend and who's acquaintance. See, a friend, friend's someone that uh, you nurture the relationship. You're invested in them. You spend time with them. Friendships are relationships where that person 
also invests in that relationship and nurtures it. Okay? One, one way relationships, those aren't friendships. I don't know what they are, but they're not friendships if it's a one way street. What relationship needs to be nurtured? Get serious about it. We are created for relationships. They should be God-honoring. Every relationship ends up somewhere, but few end up somewhere on purpose. Here's third question. What relationship needs to be restored in your life? In other words, it's, it's broken. It is not where God wants it to be. And I know as I say that, uh, I've been in ministry way too long now, that there's just a flood of stuff that comes. You know, maybe it's a parent you're not close to or a son or daughter that they went the wrong way and you've just kind of written them off. Maybe it's a friend that wronged you. Maybe, maybe it's someone that, that hurt you at work or you hurt them. Maybe it's an issue of betrayal. Maybe maybe you're angry and you're holding a grudge towards someone. Maybe it's another Christian. Don't point, by the way. But stepped on your toes. They offended you, ticked you off. Maybe it's a pastor. Don't point. Maybe, just maybe, maybe you messed up and caused something. Ask God what relationship needs to be restored in your life. How do you restore relationship? Paul talks about Colossians. He says, make allowances for each other's faults. Here we go. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. How do you restore relationship? It starts by forgiving and I'll be honest with you, when I um, get hurt, I don't want to forgive. I just don't. It's not in me. I'd prefer to mow someone down. But then I think about how freely God's forgiven me. I think about how many times I have sinned against God. Deliberately. And friends, I couldn't even begin to count them. And it is way, way beyond anything that anybody's ever done to me. I mean, what relationship do you need to restore in your life? And do not misunderstand me. I'm not saying this is easy stuff. And I'm not saying if, if... someone has hurt you and really wronged you and wounded you deeply. I understand that everything in you is going to resist doing this because you're filled with pain, there, there's anger, there's, there's fear, all that stuff. And, and maybe, maybe your emotions are, are kind of intense on this one. And there's this... Um, kind of undercurrent uh, fear that exists of, well, I fear confronting them or dealing with this or working through this. And it just paralyzes you. But here's what I want you to hear, and that is the pain 
of a broken relationship that's never dealt with comes with a very high cost. And some of you are paying very, very high costs in your life for something that happened years ago that you never, you just never dealt with. And some of you, if the truth were told, the cost is off the charts. And, and I just want to say to you, maybe, maybe today's the day you go, you know what? I want to be free. For some of you, maybe it's just something that bugs you. It's in the back of your mind all the time, you know, or every once in a while pops up. And you just need to get things straight, you know. Take that step. Take that step. In fact, as I've been talking, I guarantee you, whatever face has been flashing in your mind, that's it. That's the person. That's the person that you need to take that step with. Now, I am not saying that if you were to take a step, or pick up the phone, or whatever, that everything will go back the way it used to be. In fact, that, that, that's probably not going to happen. And in some cases, shouldn't happen. And I'm also not saying that that person will respond favorably if you pick up the phone. They may. They may not. They may chew you up, okay? But you got to take the step. And there's a couple of things I think that help and uh, wish I could go into more detail, but to say, don't focus on the issue, focus on the relationship. You know, try and put yourself in their shoes, so to speak. Uh, attempt to understand where they're at or how they got where they're at. Because there is no point uh, speaking to someone if you're not listening to them. And just be flexible. Be realistic. You do not have to agree on everything. I've got friends, we disagree about all kinds of things. But you just don't have to agree about everything. But you try and try and work through that stuff, okay? All right? Just take the step. You know, scripture says, don't mistreat someone who's mistreated you. But try to earn the respect of others. And do your best to live at peace with everyone. God designed us for relational peace. And there are always exceptions to that. There always are. And it, it, if you take that step, it could play out one of many, many ways. The fact is you may pick up the phone, decide to meet for coffee. You may talk and, and work through things and start working on your relationship with them again. And because of uh, what happened, maybe you talk and work through things, but instead you kind of start at sea level, you know, instead of up here at A level where you were before. And so you reconnect and you start rebuilding trust and connections. You may, because of the situation, have a conversation, and then you may never spend time together again. And it, and it is possible, and I said this, you may call and try and take that step, and they go, I don't want to talk to you. Why are you bothering me? And that's why the Scripture is important, because Scripture says, as a Christian, we're to do what we can do to the best of our ability, and if they tell you later, then move on, and you can have peace about that. So what relationship needs to be restored? And the last question, what relationship needs to be severed in your life. 
And I want everyone to listen really careful here. Because I know anytime I've ever spoke on this topic, someone will try and twist my words. And what I am not talking about is unbiblical divorce, okay? So don't go out of here and go, yep, pastor said I need to cut ties here. My spouse drives me crazy. They nag me all the time. He doesn't pick up his clothes. I am tired of it. I am out of here. All right? That is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about severing marriages. What I'm talking about are relationships that are outside of God's will. Relationships that are not God's design. Relationships that are hurting our relationship with God. You know, Scripture says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. It it is much easier for bad company to pull you down than for you to pull up the bad company. And I can remember as a kid, my, my parents... They would say to me pretty often, uh, they go, Damon, you are who you hang out with. And I didn't like it. But they were right. They were absolutely right. It's absolutely true. It is a good guide in life. I'll hear parents uh, often, they're kind of struggling with who their kids are hanging out with. And they'll say things to me that are like, you know, Damon, I, I don't know, my, my kid's hanging out with this other kid, and I'm not sure who this kid really is, and I'm not sure if my kid's being straight about who, who that kid is. And I'll just say to him, I say, well, look and see who that kid's running with. That will tell you what you need to know. You know, I talk to people that are um, dating, and they'll, they'll go, oh, I met the perfect guy, I think, or I met the perfect gal, and, you know, and... It'll kind of start unfolding, and I'll hear things like, oh, this, this may be the guy. This may be the guy. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I've been burned uh, quite a few times now. Guys tell me they're Christians, and, and then they're not. And then the question will come. They'll go, how do I know if it's real? How do I know if they're real? And I always give the same advice. Take a look at who that person surrounds themselves with. I mean, is their best friend pursuing God? Or is anyone around them pursuing God? If they are hanging out with large blocks of people that God's off the radar, chances are they're, they're just pulling the wool over your eyes. You know, I'll say, get out, run. Scripture says, I, I meant that you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin or in greed, worships idols or is abusive or is a drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Some of you right now, you're going, wait a minute. I thought we're supposed to love everybody. We are. We are supposed to love everybody. We're just not supposed to run with everybody. The fact is, if you're, you're in a relationship that is hurting your relationship with God, if you're in a relationship that's keeping you from spiritually growing, if you're in a, a relationship that is tempting you all the time to kind of jump off that cliff or that puts you in situations where you're sinning, I would tell you, you've got to stop. You got to stop. And, and this is tough stuff. 
I mean, how does it play out? Well, I think you have to begin to assess all your relationships. For instance, if you've uh, got a business partner and they lack integrity in everything that they're doing, you have to redefine the relationship or you've got to sever it. You know, you've got a friend that puts you in tempting situations, in ungodly situations. You either redefine the relationship or you sever it. Gals, you're hanging out with a bunch of girlfriends and they are trash-talking their husbands. I will tell you, it will hurt you. It will hurt your heart. It's destructive. You either redefine the relationship or you quietly break away. Guys, same deal. Same deal. You hang around a bunch of guys that trash talk their wives. It'll come back and bite you. You will never build the kind of relationship that God calls you to build redefine or break away. You know, if you're married and you're flirting with danger, maybe involved with someone that's not your spouse, get out. You know, do not play it out. Ah, see where this goes. No more calls, no more emails, no more contacts. Sever it, be done. And let, let me say something to some of our single, especially our young young girls. I raised two girls. You guys need to hear this. You're in a relationship with a guy, and he's pressing you, pushing you sexually. That's outside God's will. You ought to sit down with whoever it is and say, "Look, here's the deal. This isn't God honoring. This is where I stand." I feel the pressure. I am not stepping across that line. And if they push you, dump them. Be done. Some relationships just need to go. What relationship needs to be severed in your life? I I would challenge you, set some time aside this week. Reflect. Evaluate. Assess. Be honest with yourself. And just ask God, say, God, open my eyes, give me wisdom, and just take each of these questions on one at a time. What relationship? You know, God may be calling you today to initiate some kind of relationship, close friend, accountability partner. Maybe you need somebody to hold you accountable or to be a mentor for you in business or spiritually. You know, what relationship do you need to nurture? As I was talking to you, you're like, man, I need to be working on my marriage or I need to connect with my kids or my parents or a friendship that you've kind of let die on the vine. What relationship do you need to restore? Do it for yourself. You know, who do you need to forgive? Who have you hurt? Where are the walls up right now? And then what relationship do you need to sever? Because it's hurting you. It's hurting your marriage. It's hurting your relationship with God. It's destructive. It's unhealthy, whatever. And then do something. Do something. Set some God-honoring relational goals for yourself. And then start taking steps toward elevating 
your relational life. Relationally, everybody ends up somewhere, but few people end up somewhere on purpose. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Next week, wear your favorite team colors. And for many of you, football's been over for quite a while. You can wear baseball jerseys, basketball jerseys, or whatever. But wear your team colors. Uh, it'll work into the message next week. So, But uh, <laughs> let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you. God, we thank you. You have created fearfully and wonderfully. God, you created us for relationships. In fact, you sent your son to this world because... Relationships were so important that you wanted one with us. God, I thank you for that. God, I pray we would put a high premium on the people that you've put in our lives. God, I pray that we would pursue run after make it a priority in our life to connect with the people around us God we thank you we give you the praise we give you the glory this day and every day Amen